Hey, what up fam? It's your boy Norm. I'd like to welcome you to episode 89 of the Evangelical Norm. Um, there's so much stuff we could talk about this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, man, you know, there is, uh, I mean, we could talk about just the craziness, uh, coming out of, uh, the Democrat, uh, presidential campaigns, uh, the crazy stuff that AOC is talking about. We could talk about the racial uh, schism in the church. Uh, we could talk about Jesse Smollett. Um, any number of things that, that come to mind that could make for really good topics for a pretty interesting podcast. But, you know... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. As I've been sitting here tonight thinking about exactly what I want to talk about. And through the day, um, partially coming out of my our pastor's sermon today at church, it, I realized that every once in a while you just got to stop, take a break, and just let the main thing be the main thing. And so... Rather, I, I just want to just step back from politics. I want to step back from, you know, the exterior going-ons of what's happening in the church today. Um, I don't want to talk about, you know, hoaxes or anything like that. I want to come back to why do I even bother doing a weekly podcast that is generally seen by about 8 to 20, seen or heard by about 8 to 20 people. Um, and the reason why I do any of it. Um, you know, ultimately, I mean, and I've been honest about this in the past, I would love to go viral. I would love to have... You know, something in one of these things pick up. I got, I have the video on my other page, my old page of, that I did about the Book of Mormon that hasn't really gone viral, but I mean, has had over 20,000 hits in a year. It's an average of 55 per day that of people who have heard the gospel. And I mean, so I would love to have this become a you know, a more well-known uh, podcast. I would love to be able to be picked up and, and put on Faith Wire or the Cross Politic or the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network is what it is now or Wrath and Grace or any of these, uh, you know, different groups that that promote different podcasts. I'd love to get on in one of those. Uh, and But it's for one reason. It, it is not for fame for myself. Um but it's the fact that, and I try, and I, I know that I probably fail from time to time, but I try to keep the gospel in every single one of the podcasts that I do, whether it be uh, the Faith and Beliefs Refuted that I do, the Persecuted Church Awareness stuff, or this, or music reviews, or anything that I do in this podcast, is I try to keep the gospel in it, because that's the message that I want heard. 
And whether it's 20-some people that hear it on a weekly basis, I'm good with that. I am good with sharing the gospel. And, and most of those people are probably already saved. But it's an encouragement to the church to be able to continue to share the gospel and to preach that gospel and to just let that that be the foundation of everything that I do. And so that's what I want to come back to today. I just want to take the next 15 minutes or so or however long it's going to take me to do it to really break down once again the reason why I do any of this stuff. And that is the fact that I know that one, first and foremost, that that I am a complete failure. And, and, and I am a totally depraved, a sinful, sinful human being. And if I were to stand in my own abilities and in my own works and in my own uh, skin in front of God on Judgment Day and tried to give any justification for myself, I would be guilty. You know, we use the Ray Comfort, Way of the Master, what, however you want to call it, uh, good person test. So often in my, my street and one-on-one evangelism, I always try to use that of, you know, how many lies have you told in your life? How many, how many things have you stolen regardless of their value? How many times have you taken the Lord's name in vain? How many times have you coveted your neighbor's stuff? How many times have you looked at a woman with lust? You know? And even now, I mean, even as someone who is saved, and you know, shout out to Covenant Eyes, I have had virtual freedom from pornography for a good two years now. One or two slip-ups here and there, but it's because of Covenant Eyes and making my wife my accountability partner has been, helped me to maintain a porn-free lifestyle, but I still have the theater of the mind that I can't get away from. And so, you know, I may be able to, and, and then even in that, even in the fact that, you know, giving a shout out to Covenant Eyes and making my wife my accountability partner, there's a, there is sin in that because I resist the sin of, of pornography more because I don't want my wife to to catch me more than the I I I fear that with my wife more than than loving Jesus enough to not look at porn because of my savior. And so again there's the the sinfulness that we have and then of course there is always the lustful thoughts in the theater of the mind. I mean I have I've seen enough pornography in my life that I've got banks of it in my head that I struggle with and I deal with. And covetousness and all these things. So, you know, again, by my own admission and this is what I would ask people, I'm a, you know, I'm a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterous, uh covetous person at heart who ha- tends to to have 
undue anger towards my brother half the time. So I'm murderous in my heart as well. And, you know, we can go on and on and on. And we all fall into this place. Self-examining each and every single one of us. If I were truly to ask you, are you a good person? If we're absolutely honest with ourselves, every single one of us has to say no. But again, the scripture says man will proclaim his own righteousness. So generally we ask that question and we say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm good in comparison to these other guys and these other people. And that's why we have to go through this test to show that we are not good people. And if we stood before God on judgment day, we would all be guilty. Every single one of us. And again, that's the, the, the statement that people make. Well, we're all human. We all, you know, and yeah. And every single human being deserves to be cast into hell. Because we have violated the laws of a holy and righteous lawmaker. And again, I love Todd Frills. And, and every one of my, my analogies and stuff, except for one. Um, that I, I use generally that I kind of mixture of someone else's stuff and my own. But so I, I stole this from Todd Frill. Um, and he probably stole it from someone else, you know, and he'd probably admit to that. But people uh, to really make that concept that we all deserve to go to hell real. We take a, a scenario and let's say lying, you know, I've got a two-year-old daughter that I try to be as honest with as possible, but if I lie to my two-year-old, there's zero consequence to me. You know, at some point in time down the, the, the road, she may figure it out and be angry with me, but that's it. If I lie to my wife, best case scenario, I sleep on the couch. Worst case scenario, divorce, depending on the severity of the lie. If I lie to my boss, I get fired. If I lie to the government, I spend time in jail. So each of these scenarios has the same offense in it. It's all lies. There's something that changes in each of these scenarios, though, and that's the authority to which the, the offended person has. And the increase in the authority, the increase in the, the punishment, the increase in the repercussion. So now when we put, look at the fact that all of our sins, all of our lies, all of our thieving and lusting and so on is an offense against a holy, infinite God. Eternal punishment makes sense. When we really stop and think about it. So every one of us is guilty. Every one of us deserves to go to hell. But God did something. You know, the scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God took on flesh. John 1, 1 makes it very clear of who Jesus is. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God the, Jesus Christ, God incarnate, who is in very nature God, made nothing of himself. He, 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 he stepped aside from eternity to step into humanity to live a perfect life, 
so that he could go to the cross, take our record of sin and nail it to that cross and bear the punishment that we deserve so that if we will repent and put our trust in him, if we will repent of our sin, again, the word is metanoia. Literally means to change the way we think, to stop thinking of ourselves as good people, to begin to recognize the sin that is within us and our need for a Savior, and then taking that acknowledgement and coming to Christ and saying, I need you. It's not that we are accepting Jesus or receiving him into our heart or any of those phrases that make no sense, but we are going to him and saying, please accept me in my sinfulness and my my depravity and please make your sacrifice effectual on my behalf and Jesus says that if we do that then he is faithful to forgive us of our sin if we repent if we acknowledge our sin we acknowledge our need for a Savior and then go to Him and turn from our sin and put our trust not in our own work, but in His work, the work that He did on the cross. There's our little sticker today that was in our offering box at church that said, um, you're saved by works, just not your own, or something to that effect. You know, there are so many religions out there that it's all based on what you do, and none of those are valid. All of those are going to be ones, you know, the the completely false religions of Hinduism and Islam and, and Buddhism and so on, all the way down to heretical sects of Christianity, of false, blasphemous, heretical Christian groups, like, uh, or pseudo-Christian groups, I like to call them, like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses and, and so on. All of those that are, you have to do something in order to gain God's favor. Those are the ones that Jesus is talking about when he says, there will be those that come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And I'm going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Jesus makes it very clear that there are going to be those who believe that they're saved that will not be. Because they think that they've done something on their own to earn the salvation that they think they should get. I once had a conversation with a friend of mine who literally said to me, God owes me. God owes us nothing but punishment. God owes us nothing but the justice that we actually deserve. But God has offered us a salvation that we don't deserve. And it's there if we are willing to come and repent and put our faith in Christ. And then it is, and, and that's not saying that we repent and we trust him and then we have license to sin or do whatever. No, I do believe in perseverance of the saints. I do believe that once we are saved, we are always saved. Jesus makes it clear that those that you have given me, none can snatch from my hand. I can't even snatch myself out of Jesus's hand once he has me and he saved me. And Jesus makes that very clear, that once we are saved, we are saved. But that doesn't mean we have license to sin, because it's not the heart of a penitent man to say, I've repented, now I'm going to go sin. That is, that's not repentance. 
That's rebellion. That is that is that is self-deceit and that's false conversion. And Jesus makes it clear that those people are not saved. It is a narrow path that, that leads to, to life. And wide is a path that leads to destruction. I firmly believe that, that, that scripture makes it clear that there are going to be far more people who, who are cast into de, to eternal um, conscious torment than there will be those that, that find their way to eternal life in Christ. But that's not to say that we don't continue to try to share that gospel. I believe that God has his elect, that he has chosen to be saved. But I don't know who any of those people are. I can't look out on the street and say that person is elect and that person isn't. So I have to, as a believer, as one who has been saved, not in order to gain favor from Christ, but because of what Christ has given me, I go out and I preach the gospel and I do good things and I do charitable acts and acts of kindness and, and, and loving my neighbor. Not again, not to gain the favor of God, but because the favor has been given to me through the sacrifice of Christ. God can't love me any more than he does right now because he, I, he looks at me and he sees Christ in me and he has an infinite love for his son that can't increase. So our works don't gain love. They don't gain us favor. Now, I, again, we can get into the whole issue of crowns and so on, and and but the scripture also says we're going to cast those at the feet of Christ. So again, no matter what reward I get for the things that I do because of what Christ has done for me, that's all going to go back to the honor and glory of Christ when I stand before him. So sum it all up. If you're watching this and you do not know Christ as your Savior, if you have never repented and put your trust in Christ, I beg you right now to turn from your sin, to pray in your own words. I'm not leading you in any prayer. I'm not giving you a formulaic answer of how to pray, but I'm just saying get with your Lord and your Savior. Don't make him Lord of your life. He already is. Acknowledge that fact. Repent of your sin beg for forgiveness and ask to be accepted and adopted into his family and the promise is there that he will because we all need it and if you're watching right now and you are saved and you have repented and put your faith in christ then i say praise god for that and i end it the way that i end every single one of my episodes and i'm going to leave it at this go Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.